Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Come on, we need a fresh outpouring. We need a fresh outpouring. Phil, what does that mean to you? We need a fresh outpouring. How does that feel? How does that sound on the drums? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Phil, everybody. Love you. Love you. Can we thank the team one more time? Thank you, team. So good. Songs are being sung. Good songs. Amen. I'm so glad I don't have to be the dad. That's like, that's, that's nice. That's good. That's sweet. Keep trying. Keep playing. Abe, everybody. Just shredding on the guitar over here. Love you. Good job. Just remind me of Lars Ulrich just playing. I was having Metallica flashbacks. Amen. Not that I would listen to them because that is sin. Amen. Hey, we got some miracle t-shirts. Anybody need a t-shirt? Anybody need a t-shirt? There we go. (laughs) Anybody need a (laughs) t-shirt? I need one of those guns. Hey, Blazers, we need some, we need a potato gun. Another shirt? Anybody? Shirt? Shirt? (laughs) Oh, did you not get one? Okay. There we go. There we go. If you want a different color or a different size, please go back there and exchange if you need to. Amen. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. Amen. Well, we're going to go one more week. Okay. I got today and next week. God gave me another word and um, we're going we're gonna to delay. Not that any of you care. You're like, as long as you're preaching from the Bible still. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> we're going to go one more week. I got my miracle t-shirt on and um, yeah, yeah. I, I was a little frustrated during this series. Um, didn't quite feel the amens from, from the crowd that I, no, I'm just joking. I, um, I wanted more miracles. I want more God. Amen. Anybody hungry? Anybody frustratedly, righteously, angrily hungry, a little hangry for God? Um, and whenever I, 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 I sense these seasons, not that I haven't figured out, I just, you just sort of, you know, as you walk with God, it is really quiet in here. There's usually like a fan or something on back here. This fan's off. Is this fan off? I have talked. How many times have I talked about this fan, Austin? I'm sorry. Did I just show my face? Did I just show that? <laughs> I was listening to a preacher once, and he was literally smiling, and then I took back, and he gave it to this production guy. Anyways, it was a powerful moment. Um, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? What was I talking about? Jesus? Hungry. Thank you. Hungry. Yes. To the word. To the word. Um, and... And so God's been leading me during this season um, that, that, that revival, uh, I believe for us, is going to be, um, it's going to be established for a long time. Um, this isn't a revival of, you know, 31 days in Camus. We had 31 meetings. It was powerful and thousands of people got saved. That would be amazing. I really just sense, and again, not to oversimplify and confuse anybody, I just, just sense that, that God is going to do something around the world and, and, and in our church. And it's going to be, it's going to be a part of church. It's going to be a part of normal life. I know that sounds horrible to say because revivals are supposed to be this epic mountaintop experience. And I believe that's true. I also believe in the restoration of the church, that, that the church, God's building his church. I would rather not have Jesus build the church. I don't like building or baking. I don't like making disciples. I just like pre-bought, made disciples from Costco. Amen. But Jesus has called us to make disciples and bake disciples. He said he would build his church. He didn't say, and I will speak into existence, my church. Get ready to receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll, oh, 
I would take that. That's what I want. If anybody missed that, I was slaying myself in the spirit. If you ever need to just get a touch from God, just, amen, just take it. I'm sorry. I just feel good this morning. Worship was good. I don't even know if I'm going to preach. No, I'm going to preach. I have such a, such a, just a word that, that hit me and just deep. Amen. Just a word. <laughs> um, no, it's just a good season. We're experiencing, we're in it. So jump in. Okay. Jump in. The time is now. Amen. The time is now. Uh, life is short. Let's have revival. Let's kiss our wives. Amen. And, uh, raise our kids and eat some good food and go to heaven. That's basically what Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is all about. Amen. We're not going to live forever. We will, not on this experience on planet Earth. It is short. Let's just go. Let's have it. Let's see thousands of people saved. But I really believe that, that God's going to show us how to build. So I was frustrated because I wanted God to, and he wants to show us um, through the building of his church that there's some building blocks and there's some things that God wants to instill into us and our kids so that the, a revival in the church can carry on. The church can be healthy. Amen? And so I hope that means something to you. Let's go to the book of uh, John real quick. I'm going to add to this this morning um, out of the book of James. And um, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I've got a, a word that I really believe. The reason I do series, I guess, I, I didn't even come up with this is my journey is a real journey. Your journey is real. And, and what I mean by this is we have so much visual stimulation. We have so much visual modeling in our lives that things need to look how we see them on Instagram. And so what happens is go and I'll show. There's something that you won't see until you take the step. There's something you won't see until you get on top of the mountain. You're like, oh, okay, okay. And that's how God operates. I wish he didn't operate, but God is not an Excel spreadsheet. I wish he was at times, but we are, this is real. Like this isn't just, oh, cool. Yeah. This is just like, oh, this is like Hillsong or this is like Beth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this before. Oh, this is cute. You guys do a pretty good job. When are you going to get one of those LED screens? Listen, they're expensive. When are you guys going to, um, and we see church. Oh, you guys don't have a Nord. You have an Arturia. That's, that's cute. We should just spray paint it red. We will talk about this and just put like Nord on there. We have a Nord. We just didn't spend $5,000 on it, right? Um, what am I talking about? Anyways, this is real. What's happening is real. You are real. <laughs> you are here. Babies are here. Real life is here. You were going through real life this morning, and you came to church. This is real. The God, this, is, this, is, this is not just a, this is, this is God gave us free choice. He's sovereign. He gave us free choice. And so we are responding with our free choice to say, God, we see you. We feel you, we hear you, and we want to see our generation, our city, our friends and family come to Jesus Christ. We don't have it all figured out. We don't fully understand it, but we know that this is real. And the choices I make are real. And, and so God, I believe that God's showing us building blocks. I believe today and next week is a building block um, for revival. So if you, if, if you miss next week, I, I, God, God help you. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do what you can, Lord. Do what you can. John chapter 2, verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. I'm so sorry. I wish I was someone that could read slow and succinct and just, I just got a lot to say, so here we go. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wasn't breaking man out of the festival. If you, anybody listen to the Bible, that's how my wife listens to the Bible. It's like triple speed. You know, it's like, yeah. Leviticus is just a hoot to listen to. All right. 
The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Someone say that. Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. That is, that is to sum up, just do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby, there were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. Fill the jars. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now. Once they had been filled, you will get your instructions for the next now in your life once the obedience and faith has been filled the water jar. It's filled now. Some of you are waiting for the now, but you got to finish the filling. Amen? Fill the jars. Now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremony. So the servants followed his instructions. The servants followed. They didn't, mm, what do I sense here right now? No, they followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew. The servants knew. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? The servants. The servants. Our church, this culture is, is our culture is loud. Amen? Why? Because loud is life. Interactive is life. Honestly, it, it, loving is, is love. And let, let's just be a loving church. Amen. We are. You're like, what's this guy's problem? Like, we are a loving church, right? Like, let's be a loud church. Let's be a friendly church. Amen. Let's be an inviting church. Let's, let's, let's be servants. Let's, let's. Then everyone had drunk a lot. He brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best wine until now. This miraculous sign at Canaan and Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Let's jump over to James. Let's jump over to James and uh, to read James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Now, James, James is an intense dude, okay? And there's a reason. James is not at war with Paul. If you read Paul, saved by grace, through faith, by grace, by grace, by grace. James is like, faith that works is dead. Like, why is James so intense? Would Paul and James, you know, got along? Yes, yes. Yes, James is the brother of Jesus, not John and James, the sons of thunder. James was not a disciple. This is not the disciple of Jesus. This is the apostle James. He, he's the brother of Jesus who did not believe until after the resurrection. This dude just has a personal vendetta against religiosity because he was one, takes one to no one. So he can sniff out, you know, the fake. He can sniff out super spirituality that means nothing. You know, just praise the Lord. God's moving in my life. I'm just awesome. This faith's never been better. He can, he can, he can sniff it out. And so he brings in a very practical and intense book because it's a litmus test because he knows like himself, you can be eating with Jesus. You can grow up with Jesus. You can be around Jesus and not believe. And he knew how to fake it. Oh, that's sweet, Jesus. You walked on water today. That's so cute. And walk around and not believe. He, this is, so he writes a book to help us, us church people, Catch the reality of the essence of God. And if you read C.S. Lewis, you pick up on that a little bit. Like he's like, oh yeah, pornography and stealing. That's like entry level sin. Let's get to the heart of sin. And now we're talking about, we're talking about pride and we're talking about manipulation and we're talking about faking it. Good morning. How you doing? And he's like, Hur. so he writes this book. James chapter three, verse one, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should be teachers. You, you, you hear me? That's a little intense, right? We're like, come on, come to the far, come to the front row. If you want to be a teacher, a preacher, a minister of the gospel, hallelujah, take it, take it, take it. James is like, yeah, don't. <laughs> you shouldn't want to become a teacher for we who teach will be judged more strictly. 
Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every way. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. No one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Thank you, James. Sometimes, I mean, this guy, he ticked off so many Pharisees when he, he was called to the Jews. And James, James stepped on the scene, man, after the resurrection. They were so mad, they took James to the top of the temple and they threw him off. And he, he fell to the ground and he's just almost dead, and he wasn't dead, so they took a club and they beat him to death. Because this was, this was, this was James. His passion was, listen, this is, this is, let's get specific here. Let's get specific. James is a book of, you just get into it this week, it is a book of specificness, of litmus test to figure out. It's James's book is this. How much do you weigh? I'm about a buck something, you know, just kind of, just, you know, step on the scale. I don't want to step on the scale. <laughs> James is the scale. Oh, man. James is the scale. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produces figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. In other words, you're not who you think you are. Chapter 4, what is causing these quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. No, be more honest, James. I'm not picking up what you're laying down. (laughs) You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Verse 13, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. But hold on, I thought we we're supposed to set goals. C.S. Lewis is incredible writing about the day that we're living in, which is the administrative age. He said evil will not look like a tyrant. It will look like men in suits and offices making phone calls and emails. It's an administrative evil. It's a manipulative evil. It's control. It's control. And I can understand what's even happened in our day and age and in culture because the, the truth of it is, is, if I look deep into my heart, I can see control. I would rather control my wife than serve her and love her. <laughs> if I'm fi- just finally honest with myself, just come on. Just fill my love bucket. Just, just serve me, woman. I want to be served. I want to be served. It's really an issue of control. I want to control things in my life. James is like, what you ought to say, he's saying say, he is, he is hitting us with the tongue. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. I'm going to talk about what God wants me to do. That's it. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is silly. No, he's evil. <laughs> James, mercy, uncle, uncle James, remember It is sin to know what you ought to do. Remember, whatever he says, do you do it? Whatever he says, do you do it? Whatever he says, do you do it? It is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. I'm just praying about it. No, you're sinning. I'm just getting counsel. No, you're sinning. I'm just thinking about it. No, you're sinning. You ready to jump on the scale? No. All right. We'll wait for next week. I'm going to encourage you this morning around the word of God. It's always encouraging. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Say amen in faith. He's teaching us how to build revival. So I got to preach this morning on the miracle is in your mouth. The miracle is in your mouth. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Forgive me for my imperfectness of preachings and uh, what I do and what we do as a church. It's, it, it's, we're, we're trying our best to be donkeys, to carry you, Jesus. We're simply, we're simply just carriers of you. God, we just, we're just hands and we're feet just pointing to you. We are your body. We are your bride. And we just want to see you, Jesus. This is all about you this morning. As we preach your word, your incorruptible word, your word that will not return void. You are the word. Become flesh. Jesus, fill this place. Fill this place. Do what only you can do. Lord, by your word. I thank you for faith coming in this room. Lord, all things are possible. Lord, to those who have faith, nothing is impossible with you. The one thing that can't happen today is nothing. But because we're, we're gathering together, not under my book or a book or the book, we are, we are gathering under the name of Jesus. And God, where two or three are gathered, you're there. You inhabit the, the praises of your people. Lord, you're here moving, you're here healing, you're here operating. We just give way to you. We give focus to you. We just open up our spirits, our souls, and our body to say, Jesus, come on in and take over. Take over. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> amen. So I believe I had just gotten hired as a youth pastor. I was around 21 years old, 2021. 20, and I, I was a praying person. I was uh, prophetic in a sense. Um, but I'm still the bag carrier, right? I'm still like the the student. I'm still the, and you never know when you go from student to teacher. I think some of us, you know, I'm 44 years old. I still sometimes feel like a kid and that's in some good way, but also in some bad ways, right? Like someone should do something about that, right? That's like childlike language, right? So, well, you should, well, now somebody whose job is it, you know? And, and I remember I was still, I'm still a kid. I'm still in mindset of serving and um, and so we were going to a prophetic assembly at the country church in Malala and um, love those guys. And there were some prophets. There were some big time prophets gathering together. They were doing a prophetic assembly over these young people. And it was exciting. It was awesome, man. I got to be in the back room and I got to be in the prayer and whew, just getting ready and, and just carrying bags. And I was good. I'm good. I'm a good servant. I'm, I'm becoming a leader. I'm a good servant, though. That's why when people are around me, they don't have a servant's heart. <laughs> It's tough for me because I need to make them a servant. I need to bake them a servant because I'm good at it. I am. Hey, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? I love it. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? So what do you need? What do you need? Well, what happened was two of the prophets didn't show up. And one of the prophets had to leave in a half an hour. And there was hundreds of students. And so the prophetic assembly started. And, and all of a sudden, the dude left. And the meeting went all the way crazy. And I was there. And I, I thought there was two more prophets coming. So I'm just walking a boldness around. Come on, Jesus. And just leading in prayer. That's what I do. I'm just a cheerleader for Jesus. Come on, young people. Let's serve God. If not you, who? If not now, when? Right? There's a generation. There's a generation. That was our favorite word. Still my favorite word. All right. God's the God of generations. Deal with it. So the pastor calls me over. Pastor Gary, he's like, hey, do you prophesy? And I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> and it's a room, you know, about like this, you know. And there's about 50 young people, 16 years old, waiting for their, their word. And I'm like, I, 
I give little words. You know, I'm, I can, <laughs> but it's funny, that moment, you'll have a moment, and it was like, yeah. Yeah. You ever physically shaken in front of people on stage and you can't stop? Like, it's good to be here today. Worship team! Sing something! I had the leg shakes going. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Someone else. But it's amazing when your jar gets filled. Whew, and God says, what I put in you, it's time to get to people. And not everyone has gotten the tough school of love that I've gotten into. Some of us have the eagle experience. We're like, get out of the nest, right? <laughs> I almost threw my shoe off. And it's like, you know, uh, like, ah! Some of us has been a little slow or too slow, and that eagle will never develop. And some of us parents need to hear that because we don't want our little eaglet to experience the, ah, but that's what made you. So you're keeping them from the very thing they need. I needed a kick out of my nest because I would never want to stand before people and experience the need for God in that moment. But then all of a sudden, I'd filled the jar for years. Years of prayer, years of word. But I'd never taken the water from the jar and had to bring it to someone and say, you better turn this. I like water, man. When you get good at water, you're like, I'll go get some water. I found a new spring over here. Got water. Woo. I'm good. But at this water to wine thing, it's a little more trust and serving and vulnerability. You better turn it, God. If you don't show up, I'm going to look stupid. If you don't move, I'm going to look stupid. God, I need, and there's a little more dependency, and that's where we are in this move of God. It's a move of God. Make no mistake about it. Every soul that's been transformed in this church is revival. Take off your religiosity and say, once it hits 10,000, it's revival. What is your revival litmus test? God says, when I begin to move and my people get hungry, heaven starts showing up and earth starts to change. I just need some people that are willing to take what is in the jar to people. And so in that moment, prophetic ministry started. That's it. I never looked back. I never looked back. I remember talking to pastors and prophets and, and famous people. And I remember a, a dude came and spoke at our youth conference. Our youth conference was like 6,000 people. And he moved in such power. It was an amazing meeting. I was like, man, that's so cool, man. What's it like to do that? He was like, that was the first night. I was like, Friday night? Friday night was the beginning of all that. A lot of young people got healed. And demons were cast out. And drug, I mean, they're bringing drugs to the altar. And we're like, if you ever been in one of those meetings, not, not coerced. I'm not talking about the sin band. Get up here, young people, and bring your Beastie Boys CD. Joel, I know you have one. <laughs> no, we're talking about just, just young people. It's just it's thousands just coming to the altar and receiving Jesus and getting filled with all these prayers. They're throwing joints on the stage. And we're like, right, we're like, and we literally had a bag full of drugs. Like, what do we do with this? And I'm like, sell it and tithe, amen? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. No, I'm just joking. I don't know, burn it. Actually, don't burn the marijuana. Hold on. Let, I don't know. Throw it away. <laughs> But when does that moment come? This is the walk of faith. This is the walk of faith. Church, I wish it wasn't a walk of faith. I wish it was a talk of faith. 
It is a walk of faith. We are right now having walked from yesterday's step into today's step. Abraham, go, go, and I'll show. You do not get your next instruction until you take that step of faith. Just do what he asks you to do. It's a walk of faith. I wish that I wish it was a talk of faith. I wish that Jesus, King Jesus, would just show up into my life when I was young and just say, all right, dude, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get saved at an early age. You're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit without even asking because I want you to be full of the Holy Ghost before your understanding and before knowledge perverts. I want your relationship with the Holy Spirit to be intimate. Uh, you're going to be someone tapped into atmosphere and emotion, but at the core of it, it's not going to be emotional. It's going to be Holy Ghost led. And then I'm going to have you grow up in church and hear the word. And I want you to be around the word. Then I'm going to send you on missions trips. Then I'm going to break your heart for, for people, but you're not going to like the church because you're going to think it's religious. And so you're going to ask me in prayer to change your heart. And I'm going to birth a passion for the church on the inside of you and it's going to be me that did it that's why you disdained it because it's going to be a miracle in your heart it's not going to come from man because your passion for the church is going to be so god-given i wish jesus would have showed up and did that but it's not talky walkie baby it's walkie talkie it's walkie talkie it's walkie talkie talk with me walk with me talk with me walk with me jesus will he's got all the patience in the world you know how old he is? He's no, no old. There's no beginning and no end. He's no old. Quote me on that. God is no old. <laughs> he said, I can outweigh. I can outweigh. No, he says, well, we're not going to change for your pride or your stubbornness. Walk with me. Take my hand and we'll walk together into the unknown. But this is not a talkie walkie. No, and some of us are making God some sort of God that, that, that is Excel spreadsheet, em emotional, built around us, management, strategy, planning. I wish he downloaded the next 20 years. If you know the next 20 years of your life, you might need to read James a little bit because there might be something else going on in there than the voice of God because God is a God of walk and then talk. We'll fill the jar is filled now, the now. If you're a servant and you're waiting on the, hey guys, come over here, hey, I want you to fill the jar, then take the awkward walk, don't worry, I'll turn it, don't worry about it, I gotta, I gotta hook up with the big guy, I'm gonna turn it. And then, you, and then the master of ceremony is gonna be like, hey bridegroom, that was amazing, He's, you're not gonna get any credit, so just, just understand, you'll get crowns in heaven, you're gonna watch other people get blessed, and when you watch other people get blessed, just know that I'm gonna bless you in heaven, no. He doesn't do it. He says, fill the jar. And you get to go, hmm. And some of us have just flat out said, no, I don't think so. Hallelujah. And in our hearts, we just think we're just waiting on God to show up and talk with us when we have said no. If you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, it is sin. It is sin. <laughs> I mean, it is sin. And James is going, that was me. Trust me. That was me. I felt the nudges. I'm sure he could remember moments where he almost believed sitting on the dinner table with Jesus. He felt his heart burn. He made excuses. But inside of his heart was like, there's no way that my bro is the Messiah. That would have been a tough, tough order. You think dealing with God and spirit's tough. Could you imagine if your bro was Jesus? That's a whole nother level of, what? I don't think so. 
Oh, but once he believed, once he believed, this is the walk of faith. I got to get through this. This is the walk of faith. God is, I've spoken something to you. Now walk in it. Now walk in it. It will work out. It will work. It's a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith, but it will work out. If you walk it, he'll work it. If you walk it, just walk in it, just walk in it this morning. If you'll walk in it, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk. He's going to work it. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. It's going to work out. Just get that in your heart. It's going to work out. Walk it. The servants knew. The servants knew. The servants knew. There's some, there's some knowing that we want, but it won't come through any other means but serving. We act as servant masters. The truth of it is, is we have, we have put this world around us. That's master thinking. God, I, here's what I need from you. And here we make these lists. Here's how my wife's going to look. And that's fine. Lists are cool. I'm just saying what happens is we dip a little bit into here's my business plan. Here's my life plan. Here's my God plan. And here's my plan. That's my plan. And we're just waiting for God. Okay, God, here's my plan. And we somehow thought that that was faith. And we, and we somehow thought that that was obedience to God. And that, that's, that's what we should be doing. And God's like, no, you made yourself a master. And you don't do good at master. You, you don't, you honestly, that's a bad look on you. All commandy and demandy. It's too much weight. It's too much stress. Just, just, just shake that off today. Just shake off that idea of control. My, my, only, the, only King Jesus can, can handle the weight of sovereignty. Okay, you can't handle it. It's not good for us. Ooh, you mean I don't have to carry that? You don't have to carry that. Just let it, let it go. This is not, it's not, it's not, you can't control it. You can't control them. You can't control him. You can't control. The truth of it is, is that the reason we can't serve is because we are trying to control. Now I'm not talking about controlling the jar. You need to control you. But I didn't just wake up this morning to come and give you the adage that we all know, control what you need to control, which is you, and don't control people which you can't control. The truth of it is, is to get back into the posture of serving is you have to let go of controlling them, looking at you and saying, okay, I'm going to control me. That's the only thing. That's my jar part. That's the only thing that I can control. And if I can control me, then I can serve you. But if I can't control me, I need to control you because I'm broken and you need to be nice to me, David, and love me. You just walk right by me. See, if I can't be controlled in my emotions, and you walking by me just go, and I don't like the way that feels. So I have a decision to make. I can either control me or I can control you. And controlling you is just so much easier. Says the devil. So I got to get back to saying, okay, so I'm called to control myself and serve you. That's the Christian walk. Control the jar and serve you. Because if this doesn't turn, I'm just a servant. If this doesn't bless you, I'm just a servant. So if I can control self-control, if I can walk in self-control, control my attitude. It's not what happens to me. It's how I feel about it. It's what I think about. It's what I decide to do about it. Okay. If I can control me, 
then I can serve you. And so when I let go of controlling the world and controlling my marriage and controlling my friends and just controlling my attitude, my faith, my day, my week, me and my little world, that frees me up to to serve. And what you need to know is serving comes out of filling. You don't need to worry that you're going to burn out because the first step, says God, is I want to fill you. I want to fill you with my word. I want to fill you with my presence. I want to fill you with joy. I want to fill you with faith. Come on, somebody. And out of that overflow, you're going to be able to serve. We get freaked out that we're going to serve and burn out. Not in God's kingdom. Not in the kingdom of God. David said, my cup overflows. When I understand, God, I'm going to control what you're saying, what you're speaking to me, you're in control, then it frees me up to serve you. My cup overflows. Let's just just, just let go of trying to be served this morning. Jesus Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. Just just understand this morning that serving, the reason we can't serve is because of us. Of control and and just take a deep breath. I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna serve. Jesus said, I I I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. It says of David that David served his generation and then he died. I hate social media. I, I hate the telephone. I hate technology. I do. I do. I, I, I yearn for a yesteryear of horses and fires and talks. There's something. Our soul can't handle all this information. Our soul can't handle all this technology. We're not good. I know about every famine and every war in the world. I'm not wired for that. Only God. I need to know about just Tom's horse down the road that broke his foot. Like that's all I'm wired for. And yet we live in a generation. I can't serve Yellowstone's. I can't serve old school cowboy generation. I, I live in this generation. So I'm commanded by God and scripture to figure out the screen. I'm not a victim. I can't walk away from it. God has asked me to serve. And this generation's on their phone. And so I, it's, not, it's not humility that's kept me away from social media. It's my own pride. And so I say, God, like, help me serve my generation. Help me raise kids in a generation of screens. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to figure out how to serve my kids. I'm going to figure out how to get them out, out, out in the trees and out, out in nature. And I'm also going to figure out how to get the gospel and how to get the gospel to young people on TikTok and young people on their phones. We have got to figure out how to preach the gospel in all the world because this is the world right now in so many ways. And even though we live in this space and the church is supposed to gather, and that's why we're saying, hey, get in the room. You got to get in the room. It's not good to be isolated. It's not good to be cooped up in your house. You got to get in the room. You got to get around people. Why? Because I'm called to serve. Called to serve. Joshua The famous verse, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Sorry, we can work on that timing for next service. I led you a little. We will will serve the Lord. Serve, 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 serve. Just let it go. Don't control your wife. Just serve her. Just serve her. It doesn't mean you don't need to be served. It doesn't mean you don't have needs. It just means that's not the issue because you can't, you're just going to fight for years of trying to control them. What you're doing is you're trying to make a case on why you need to be served. That's why you bring out information. Yeah, but my dad was worse than your dad. Oh, he went on that one. Okay. Sorry. My upbringing was poorer than yours. Oh, that's true. So you're going to court and you're trying to say, I'm kind of the one that needs to be served right now. 
And instead, you can just put that down because you'll never, we're not meant to be controlled. God doesn't control us. I think God's crazy. He's like, here's free choice. And it's real. Don't let anyone, t- I mean, it's free choice. It's a chemical in your brain, I've heard. It's free choice. Woo, it's real. And that's why we don't blame God for all this. Crazy. It's free choice. It's man's evil pride. Decisions and sin. That's why every decision you make is good. Or is good. It's important. That's why you got to take it serious. Now, God has made a way. If you step right into serving right now, there's a knowledge that will come upon you. The servants knew. The knowledge that you crave right now, the clarity that you crave right now is going to come through serving. The servants knew. Just serve your kids. Serve your kids. You're not a genie in a bottle. That's why there needs to be some teaching around this. But some of you know what I mean. There's a serving proponent. What does my kid need right now? What does my kid need? Does he need a conversation? Does he need a Bible study? Does he need a a little basketball game? Does he need a walk? A lot of times it takes your time and I would rather be master. Change your attitude. Because I said so. Stop it. Now some of those things, there's a time for dad to lay down some lumber there. Sometimes I'm like, this is enough. But a lot of times the majority of our life is I'm here to serve I'm here to serve. You know that. Some of you are thinking right now, that's good, that's cute. A little 101, <laughs> a little review, <laughs> that's good. You know, there's a lot of new people in the church, maybe some, some basics, some good foundational teaching. I remember when I got that revelation of serving. Okay, hold on. Before you move on too fast from, hey, here's a good tape. Here's a tape, here's a CD, here's a message. <laughs> hey, I got 45 in the crosshairs, all right? It's like... Hey, here's a, we're always like, oh, that was good. But James is here to be like, hey, he's talking to you. <laughs> James is like, step on the scale. James is like, it's awesome. I, I read James differently now. James used to annoy me. James, James, why is James in the Bible? He's so intense. You know, just simmer down. It's more of that grace stuff. And he's like, no, no, absolutely. He's just, the, he's called to the church. He's called to us. James is the brother of Jesus. No one closer. So he's like, no, I get it, I get it. He goes, listen, I'm going to help you out here because you're going to walk around saying thinking you have all this kind of faith. And so you just step on the scale and you go, oh, look at my works? No, wrong. Trials. What do you do during trials? That's how much you know you have faith. Yeah, every trial you go through, every time you stub your toe, every time you get a bill, every time someone talks about you, every time someone persecutes you, every time something happens to you bad, you don't see it coming. James says you fall into it. When you fall in a trial, how is your faith? That's how you know. 210, ah! That's how you know. And he says, now when you know, that's when you know you need more word and you need more faith. But it's, I'm not, James, like, I'm not helping you out, letting you walk around with faith that you don't actually have, but you think you have, and you talk about how much faith you have. Step on the scale. When you go through trials, so here's James saying, okay, I know your mom's controlling and your skin, your sister's controlling and you don't think you're controlling. So here he goes, I'll give you the litmus test. I'll give you the scale. It's your tongue. Your tongue reveals how controlling you are. Do you talk about other people? 
Are you always against something? Uh, that, that reveals your talk. If you are con- if you are blessing and you are cursing, then what you are trying to do is you can't control your tongue. I wish I had time to go through the scriptures line by line. You can't control your tongue, therefore you can't control you. And when you can't control you, you control other people. And so all that energy you spend on controlling those people, that energy needs to be spent on controlling you and controlling your tongue. So here's the good news, servants. When you let go of control, you're going to have all that extra energy and faith on controlling you. And what controls you is your tongue. And so that's why I was saying, I'm going to let you go. 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 And I'm going to spend all of my faith on controlling my tongue. And James tells me, if I can control my tongue, I can walk in full self-control. That is a big promise. If I can control my tongue, I can control my purity, my holiness, my faith, my family, my finance. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little rudder controls the whole thing, the whole thing. The miracle's in my mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can't walk around cursing people. Okay? Okay? You'll find how difficult it is to control your tongue and only blessing God, whatever God has for me today. I'm going to talk about what God wants to do today. I can't talk against the church. I can't talk against my spouse. I can't talk against that person. I'm going to speak blessing. James is like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the miracle's in your mouth. God's my provider. He's my provider. He's my provider. He's high lifted up. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for health. I'm so thankful. I'm, the miracle's in your mouth. He will provide. He will provide. He will provide. He will provide. Babe, he will provide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, today is the day of salvation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why he gave us his word, church. He said, this is my word because I want this word to be your words. These can be your words. The miracle is in your mouth. I can't just give you revival because I'm building my church and I need a church. This is kingdom culture. You go to Texas, it's hi, y'all. You go to Long Beach, California. What's up, dude? What's up, bro? What's up, dude? What's up, bro? You come into the kingdom and I need, I need my lost sheep. I need the broken little lambs of the world. I need them to hear a kingdom that has a culture and one language and that language is centered around my word and my church can't stop, stop cursing. They got to stop cursing everybody. I need a church that only blesses, that has my word. This is my language. Learn it. It's my language. Learn it. It says that the early church went around and they preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And it says everywhere they preached, look, it was confirmed through the through powerful signs and wonders. Why? Because Jesus said, if you'll lift me up in front of men, I will tell my father about you. So that, but before revival comes, there has to be a church and a group of people that goes to the highways and the byways and the culture and the colleges and the neighborhoods and says, and lifts up out of their mouth the word. He is the word. And so we 
when you reveal Jesus through your word. He is the word. He says, when you talk about me, I'll show up. He can't show up without a church that won't talk about him. It says, I can't walk with me. The miracle is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. If you'll talk about me, I'll start showing up. I'll start showing up. David said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. David understood, my mouth gets me in. It's the praise. It's the shout. It's the hallelujah that the word of God gets in me and gets me into his presence. He said the miracle to his presence is in your mouth. He says your mouth will get you in. Your mouth gets you in. Your mouth gets you in. Your words get you in. It's why Peter, he preached the gospel to his dying breath. And when they got ready to nail him to the cross, because you have to understand, Peter became so powerful. His shadow would heal people. And they would remember Peter hanging on the cross. And so Peter didn't want anybody to be confused about him or Jesus because he said, the words that I speak are powerful because they're his words. So he said, turn my cross upside down because I don't want anyone to misunderstand my words for his words. It was his word that embodied my word. That's why when they would tie the martyr to the stake and they would set the fire, friends and family would say, recant, recant. But they couldn't because the early church understood this and they had the word of God like a fire in their belly and they couldn't talk any other way. So they crucified him. They burned him. But the early church, they only spoke one language. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is healer. Jesus is worthy. And so when they tied him and they started to burn, they only had one language. He is my Lord. I can't recant. I simply can't change what I say about Jesus. I never understood it. I never understood it. Why they burned so many. Why they crucified so many. I never understood it. I never understood it. Just, just fake it for a moment. Get your life back so you can preach the gospel. But come on, how many times have we thought that? Then the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. When, I, when you catch this revelation and you start speaking blessing over your kids and you, my words become your words and you start sh- singing praises to Jesus and you start quoting scripture and you start saying he's my healer. And you start speaking the words of God. Once you learn this language, you can't recant. It's so powerful. You can't curse your wife. You can't curse my people. You can only bless. And so even at the burning of their flesh, they could only say, I love them. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my everything. I can only talk about what he wants me to do. I cannot boast in my plans. I've got one language, and it's the language of love. It's the language of the gospel. It's the la- I listen to you all day long, but God has put his word inside of my heart. He 
is my healer. Oh, church, it's why when the Holy Ghost comes on you, he gives you a new language because language is so important. He says when you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, I'm going to give you some words. I'm going to give you heavenly words because it's so important to speak. It's so important. The miracles in your mouth that you don't even, when you don't know what to say, just speak in tongues. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you get a language. You get words. Oh, it's so important. It's so important. The miracle is in your mouth. 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 Speak it. He is Lord. My life is in your hands. God, my life, my family is in your hands. My kids are in your hands. My money, my business, my future, it's in your, speak it. It's in your mouth. The miracle is in your mouth. Speak it. He's Savior. He loves people. Speak. 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 Let there be light. Hold. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Oh, speak it. Speak it, speak it. How? Come on, church. Come on, church. Speak it. God, what do you have for me to do? What do you have for me to do? What do you have for me to do? Speak it. Speak over your future. Speak over your body. He's my healer. He's my healer. He's my. Speak, speak, speak. By his stripes, I'm healed. By the blood, by the blood, by the blood. I'm blessed. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I'm loved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk in victory. Say it. Speak it. Break the power of death. Break the power of fear. Break the power of insecurity. Speak it. I'm a child of God. Speak it. The miracle is in your mouth. I'm a child of God. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless. I'm going to love. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk with Jesus. gonna love whatever you have whatever you have whatever you have whatever you have I'm gonna speak blessing I love you I love you I love you I'm gonna speak blessing Jesus I'm gonna speak blessing I'm gonna speak blessing I love you you're called you're called Jesus loves you. See what happens when a generation gets hold of this and they lose the power, it becomes cliche. See, to the Jesus people, Jesus loves you was a fire in their belly. To the next generation, it became a t-shirt and a bulletin board. Jesus loves you. That's what we're fighting right now. We're fighting that cliche thing. And God says, no, 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 no. 
I'll give it to you your own way. Even some of these songs have some words that some people aren't comfortable with. A lot of feeling words, yeah, because God is the God of it. His presence can be felt. His presence can be experienced. His presence can be sensed. But God's giving you a new language even right now. He's showing you how to do it. How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to be walking around quoting scripture? His words are going to become your words. I love you. I bless you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I pray for them. In Jesus' name, I intercede for them. God, touch them. God, I love them. I love you. You're called. You're called. The next time you talk to your crazy aunt, the words of God are going to come out of you and you're going to speak blessing. The miracle is in your mouth. The way you talk to your employees, the way you talk to your family, the way you talk to God, your mouth gets you into his presence by saying, God, I will shout your name. God, I will lift you up. You are high. You are high and lifted up in my life. The miracle is in my mouth. Church, speak it out. The miracle. I'm going to speak blessing on my kids. You're going to serve God every day of your life. You're going to love God, Jude. You're going to love God, Trent. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to walk in victory. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Church, it's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Let it go. Let it out. Here we go. Here we go. Let it out. Let it out. Speak. Speak. It's in your mouth. Let it out. Out of your belly. Speak it. Speak it. I'm going to have a good week. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. I'm giving you the words. I'm giving you the words right now. Open up your mouth by faith. I'm giving you the words. I'm giving you the words. I'm giving you the words. Jesus. Jesus. I'm giving you the words. I'm giving you the words. I'm giving you the words. Take it. I'm giving you the words. Jesus. Jesus. Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. That's why it all starts with the heart. Because until God breaks your heart, you're going to try to control them. And God says, I need you to serve them for me. Some of you right now, you're in a situation, you need some words. Just come on up here. I want to pray for you real quick and we'll get out of here. Just come on up. Just come on up. We're just family. This is just family. God's going to give you words. God's going to give you words. You need some words. You're in a situation. Just come on. Don't worry about it. Just come on. Just family. You just got to give me some words. Give me some words. I need some words. I need some words. I need some words. God wants to drop something. God wants to drop something in you. Come on. Amen. Awesome. Come on. Get up here. Get up here. You're in a family situation. Parents. There's some parents right now. God wants to give you a strategy for your kids. He wants to fill you up. He wants to love on you. It's been a tough two years. It's been a tough two years. He wants you to know he knows. He knows. He knows you're doing better than you think, better than you know. He wants to take off all that weight. He wants to take off all that weight right now. He just wants to fill up parents in this place. He wants to fill you up and just say, I'm going to show you how to get filled for you and how to serve out of overflow. Right now, just take it. Jesus, just take it. 
Thank you, Jesus, for these parents. Thank you for these moms and dads. Thank you for these leaders. Right now, we break off condemnation. We break off fear. God, you're going to fill them right now. They're going to serve their family out of an overflow. We break that fear in Jesus' name. You're going to serve out of overflow. God's going to give you a plan. He's going to break off all the lies, all the heavy, all the pain. Right now, in Jesus' name, fill them. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Spirit. Fill them up, Holy Ghost. Right now, in Jesus' name. If you need to get filled, he says, I want to fill you first. We're going to sing this one more time before you leave. Just take in a filling of the Holy Spirit in this place. Let him fill you right now. Let him fill you right now. Take it. Let them fill you right now. Here we go. We're going to sing this. Just, just get filled. Let them fill you. Break off all condemnation. All control. You don't need to control it. Jesus. Fill her. Fill her right now. Jesus, just fill her. Holy Spirit, we just need you. We just need you. We just need you. God, we just need you. God, we just need you. Holy Spirit, just fill her up. Your presence right now. Your presence right now. Your peace right now. It's going to be okay. Fill her up. You're going to show her. You're going to show her. You've got it. You're in control. You're in control. You're in control, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. He's in control. He's in control. He's in control. He said, I'm in control. Control Jesus, Jesus, amen, amen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, amen. The worship team loves when I do that. He's in control, he's in control. I want to sing that first song real quick, that praise song, because I just feel right now we're supposed to praise him. We're supposed to praise him. David said, You know what? Your mouth is going to bring you access in right now. Your breakthrough is going to come through your mouth. Just praise him. He said, I'm in control. I'm in control. I'm in control. Just you control what I've asked you to do, and you're going to serve them. I believe right now, out of your mouth, David said, shout unto him. Just praise him. Psalms 100. Psalms 100. You just shout. You just praise. And I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It says, shout with, the, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Sing with joy. He said, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm in control. I'm going to fill you, and you're going to serve them. I'm going to fill you, and you're going to serve them. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give him thanks and praise his name, for the Lord is good. Come on, church. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Praise him. Your mouth, your words are going to bring you in. Jesus. Come on, praise him. Here in your presence. Come on. I'm telling you, some of you, your breakthrough is going to happen right now. Right now. This isn't just going to be a song. 
that's going to come out of you. Woo! Oh, you're here, Lord. You're here. Woo! Death to life. Woo! Come on. Lord, we sense that you're here. We know you're here. Woo! Come on, praise him. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Come on. Come on, breaking chains. Breaking chains. Yeah. Jesus. Woo. Come on, he's here. We thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. You're awesome. You're here. You're here. Woo! Come on, come on, come on. Even this part. we know this everything changes thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Jesus is praising come on we praise you Lord we praise you we praise you we praise him come on church get ready to praise him praise him come on come on Jesus. Come on, chains are breaking right now. Come on, things are breaking right now. Come on, fear is breaking right now. Come on. Come on. One more time. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Woo! Take it away through the dark. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Here in this room, all week long, you're going to bring praise into your room. Whatever room you enter into, that's all I, I want to do that. Is I just wanted you to say, here in this room. So when you go home to 
today here in this room. When you go into work here in this room. When you go into your car, we'll just call it a room here in this room. Wherever room you go into, go into school, pick up your kid here in this room. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to bless. I'm going to speak life. His words are going to come out of my mouth. Church, I, I feel this. I just couldn't even, couldn't even preach this today. I so saw us as God began to build what he's doing. He's building his church and he's showing us how. This isn't a cute little message. This is, I think this is bedrock Christianity. That's why he gave us his word. And he said, this is how I want you to talk. So when people come into the kingdom, like you know when you're in Texas and you know when you're in the South, people are gonna know, whoo, man, this is a different language. It's kingdom language. It's kingdom language. All right, get out of here. I love you so much. If you need some prayer, come on up. Our prayer team will be up here. We'll see you next week as we hopefully close out this series. We love you so much. We love you so much. If you want some prayer, come on up. Yeah.